It's 19 hours 30 UTC on Saturday, November 18th, and this is Zimbabwe Today. Demonstrations across Zimbabwe today calling for President Robert Mugabe's resignation. Good evening, I'm Dimyake Mwakalielie. And I'm Scott Stearns on VOA's Zimbabwe Today. We have reaction from around the world to this week's historic events in Zimbabwe and a look at what might be next for the country. But first to Harare, where thousands of demonstrators took to the streets today, saying President Mugabe must step down after 37 years in power. Zimbabwe's defense forces blocked such demonstrations in the past, but are now supporting these protests after seizing key institutions Wednesday. Soldiers have confined the president to his home and have arrested key members of the ruling party who say they, who they say are thieves. Security forces Saturday directed crowds to speeches at the historic Zimbabwe grounds, where Robert Mugabe received a hero's welcome in 1980 on his return from exile to lead the new country. The powerful war veterans with whom he fought for Zimbabwe's independence now denounce the president. For the latest from Harare, here's Patricia Mudadigwa. In a sign of the end of Mugabe's rule, tens of thousands of Zimbabweans heeded a call by war veterans of the 1970s liberation struggle to flood the streets of Harare and march to State House in order to force President Mugabe to step down. Seniors and PF officials, including former Finance Minister Patrick Chinamasa, leader of the National People's Party Joyce Mujuru, Movement for Democratic Change Secretary General Douglas Monzora, Pastor Ivan Mawari of this flag campaign and several others called Mugabe to step down immediately. Chinamasa told thousands of people that it's time for Mugabe to go. We are now in the new era, the dawn of a new era. Monzora made a similar call, urging the military to respect the country's constitution. This is a Zimbabwean moment. We must forget our personal differences. We must forget our political differences. We must forget yesterday. We must remember tomorrow because we want to change our country. This country is not a dynasty. This country is not for one family. It is for all of us. It's not for one race. I was happy, Mr. Chairman, when the commander of the Zimbabwean Defense Forces put at the forefront of their program the constitution of our country. We must respect our constitution. VOA Studio 7 talked to some of the people, including Nyarimiti, who were at the rally while they were outside President Mugabe's official residence. The main reason why I myself joined this demonstration was to let out my voice. Zimbabwe needs to be heard. Everyone should be uh, free to express his or her own views. And we'd like to thank um, Comrade Chiwenga for being behind our backs. We are strong now because of him. Uh, we have been quiet for a long time, and now we need uh, to talk. We need Mugabe to hear us. Another one, Gertrude Chimange, said today's demonstration was a message to SADAC and other international organizations 
that Zimbabweans can solve their own problems. She pleaded with President Jacob Zuma of South Africa to let Zimbabweans decide their destiny, noting that President Mugabe is too old to remain the president of the country. We do not care who stole what yesterday, who did what yesterday, what 15 billion disappeared yesterday. We are concerned about today. Who is standing for us today and who will be with us tomorrow as long as they want a new Zimbabwe? Ozan PF provinces have resolved to recall President Mugabe and reinstate all members that were suspended. Speaking at a meeting in Harare today, one of the senior party officials, Daniel Sigauke, said the Central Committee should reinstate suspended Vice President Emerson Munangagwa. All illegal expulsions and suspensions be set aside by Central Committee, the organ empowered by the Congress to do that, including that of Vice President Ramnangal. <laughs> Number two, the cabal of Jonathan Moyo, Sevia Kasukwere, Patrick Joao, IMC Chombo, Letina Mundenge, be expelled from the party and prosecuted. <laughs> that comrade Alaji Mugabe be recalled as the party president and be allowed to retire and be given his status as an elder statesman. Alois Baloi, a member of the party from Mashingo province, also said the party wants Mugabe to go. In the event His Excellency refuses to resign, we call upon the immediate recall of His Excellency and First Secretary from both party and government. He said ZANPF was here about the Zimbabwe Defense Forces move to seize all state institutions and place Mugabe under house arrest. We are in solidarity with the action and processes taken by the Defense Forces led by Commander of the Defense Forces, General Constantino Guvach Wenga, towards the formation of a new democratic and constitutional government. Reacting to the match, Patrick Shuao, who is part of the Generation 40, which wanted First Lady Gracie Mugabe to succeed the President, told VOA Studio 7 that the Zimbabwean leader will stay put. The ZANPF Central Committee is expected to meet on Sunday in Arare, where it is expected to pass a vote of no confidence on Mr. Mugabe. The matter is also said to be tabled in Parliament if the President does not step down voluntarily. Reporting for Studio 7 in Arare, this is Patricia Mundadigwa. There were many voices at today's rally in Harare. Here's what some of them told VOA. The mood is excitement. We're finally allowed to be excited. This is our Independence Day. This is our real Chimarenga. This is Zimbabwe. Everyone here is very happy. They're very happy about that. Mugabe must go today, not tomorrow. Today, we want him to leave the office. We are Zimbabweans. We're saying to, to our army, thank you very much for the peaceful intervention. And it's time for the masses of Zimbabwe to say Mugabe must go and he must go like yesterday. We can't wait to see his back. And uh, today's solidarity is, uh, consists of every Zimbabwean. For us, it's about uh, a new beginning. For us, it's about the end of a tyranny rule. And uh, we are going to take our Zimbabwe back. This flag, my guy. He should just leave office. They should just fire him. No negotiations, no what. Simple. There's no need for us to negotiate with that man. Students and the people are actually behind the army for them to keep on in power so that we can 
find at least a transitional government after Robert Mugabe. Mnangagwa is uh, good for business um, uh, and he has had the support of uh, um, the diplomatic community uh, and uh, the business community in the country and as it stands uh, he is about uh, the most popular person in the country. Now, demonstrators across Zimbabwe and around the world joined Saturday's call for an end to Robert Mugabe's rule. Zimbabweans rallied outside their embassy here in Washington. VOA's Marvelous Nklanganyahuye is there. Marvelous, uh, thank you for joining us today. I want to get right to the point about the mood. Obviously, in Zimbabwe, there's so much excitement, so much passion. Is that reflected where you are? Yes, Anthony, actually, the mood here is very euphoric. It actually matches what we saw in Zimbabwe. If you can hear in the background, people are, you know, singing church songs. Uh, and we see Zimbabweans from all walks of life. This is, you know, the first time that I've actually seen the younger generation coming out to support Zimbabwean causes. And I actually have a youth right here with me called Anesu. So I'm, I'll give it over to him so you can ask him what he's seen. But there are over 100 Zimbabweans, and the mood is electric. And in fact, I see my son and I see my nephew, so it's really exciting. Hold well, on for Anesu. Thank you so much. Anesu. Hello. Hi, Anesu. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Tell me, how do you feel today and why are you there? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's a great atmosphere. Like, uh, I just came here, here in Washington, D.C. There are a lot of Zimbabweans, almost 100 people have conversion. Uh, basically reiterating the same sentiment that was in the rarest day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw very electrifying uh, crowds and, you know, joy and happiness, something that we've never seen ever since Zimbabwe started. So I've t- never seen so many people, uh, you know, in the city or, you know, so many people from different races, colors and languages and everything. And mm-hmm. I think that's something to celebrate about. Uh, what's key is can we keep on uh, this high positive note uh, okay. getting into the next transitions and the next phases that the country is getting into? Uh, but uh, it shows that Zimbabwe, it's possible for people to actually at least have one or two things that they agree. I, want to, I, want, I don't want to Hello? cut you. I want to cut you off. Yeah. I don't want to cut you off. But I want to ask you very briefly: What is it that you want to happen? And your participation we, we at a Zimbabwe. rally like that? Out about that, like people, you know, you know, people. What people want is a better Zimbabwe, and we know over the past twenty years, the Zimbabwe that we've been having is not a, it's, it's not amicable. It's not admirable. The economy has been down. They have not been jolted. Uh, our industry is dead. Basically, even our farming, our agriculture sector, that, that had been a beacon over the past, uh, I don't know how many decades, has been dead. So we want a better Zimbabwe. We want to improve our economy. So whoever or whatever happens next, everybody should be focusing on how do we take Zimbabwe forward in a positive way? How do we grow our economy? How do we grow businesses? How do we become open, not just to the east, mm-hmm. but to the west, to the south and the north? How well, do we build our country moving forward? And anybody who doesn't believe in that should not be part of that process. But what we saw today is every Zimbabwean wants a better Zimbabwe. And that's what we should be all be working on. Is there anyone else standing near you who would want to share a thought? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, Anesu. You. Uh, all right, bye-bye. Hi, so who am I speaking with Hello, now? Hello, Ndimiyaki. You're Hi. hearing there from some of the Zimbabweans that yes. are here. As you heard in the background, there were people honking yes. as they were passing. They're actually in solidarity with what is happening here. Okay. Of course, there's nobody in the embassy itself, but we have a secret service police that are actually guarding the place and making sure that everybody adheres to the rules of the U.S. Well, thank you, Marvelous. You just asked, answered my question, actually, about whether any member of the embassy was there. So um, thanks for clarifying that. We really appreciate you joining us today, and thank you for the thank coverage. You. We hope to hear more. All right. You that have is, a good day. Of course, thank you so much. That was Marvelous Mslanganyahuye from VOA's Zimbabwe Service.
Zimbabwean opposition leader Morgan Chongarai says it's time the president give up power. Mr. Robert Mugabe must resign, step down immediately in line with the national sentiment and expectation, taking full regard of his legacy and contribution to Zimbabwe pre and post Zimbabwe. But the president appears unwilling to yield power voluntarily. His nephew, Patrick Joao, told the Reuters news agency Saturday that his uncle and first lady, Grace Mugabe, are, quote, ready to die for what is correct. Speaking from an undisclosed location in South Africa, Joao said the president has no plans to resign in order to validate what he describes as a coup. Speaking Friday at a Washington meeting of African foreign ministers, U.S. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson said the Trump administration is looking for a return to civilian rule in Zimbabwe. I know all of us are following very closely the events in Zimbabwe, and and they are concerned to, I know each of you, they're concerned to us as well, and we all should work together for a quick return to civilian rule in that country in accordance with their constitution, uh, Zimbabwe, has an opportunity to set itself on a new path, one that must include democratic elections and respect for human rights. Ultimately, the people of Zimbabwe must choose their government. In our conversations today, we have an opportunity to discuss concrete ways that we could help them through this transition. Zimbabwe's former colonial power, Britain, is urging restraint in the uncertainty surrounding President Mugabe. Henry Ridgewell has our story from London. Outside the Zimbabwean embassy in London, celebrations have begun among some opposition supporters as the Mugabe era appears to be nearing its end. We really appreciate what he had done before, but unfortunately, he couldn't make a good move when he was supposed to step down. He should have stepped down a long time ago. Instead, Robert Mugabe has clung to power for close to four decades, routinely crushing political dissent. Following election violence in 2002, Britain and the European Union imposed a travel ban on the president. His apparent ouster should be treated with caution, argues analyst Nick Branson of the Africa Research Institute. There's a need for cool heads and some, some back-channeling and some you know, quiet discussions behind the scenes rather than megaphone diplomacy, which is what Britain has historically um, fallen into. Britain's foreign secretary offered this reaction to the military takeover. Nobody wants simply to see the transition uh, from one unelected tyrant uh, to the next. No one wants to see that. We want to see proper, free and fair elections next year. And that's what we will be uh, working towards. Restraint was urged by the European Union. The fundamental rights of all the citizens need to be respected and the constitutional order and democratic governance to be upheld. Veterans of Zimbabwe's struggle for independence remain the driving force within the ruling ZANU-PF. Among them, former Vice President Emerson Mnangagwa, viewed as heir apparent until his firing last week by President Mugabe. This apparently triggered the military takeover. They're may- merely trying to manage the transition, uh, having clearly been quite alarmed by his sidelining of uh, Emerson Mnangagwa, working on the assumption that he was going to try and install Grace Mugabe, who has no Liberation War credentials. Those credentials led Mugabe to power. Now fellow veterans have decided his time is up. Henry Ridgewell for VOA News, London. (laughs) 
Zimbabwe's military storming the state broadcaster in confining the president has created a constitutional challenge for soldiers, says political science professor Chipo Dendere. The difference between what's going on in Zimbabwe right now and perhaps what we would expect in a normal cool situation is that the military is still referring to the president, not the ex-president, not uh, the former president. So by using the term president to refer to him, it implies or suggests that we still have an executive that's in control. So that's one of the reasons why you're not going to hear any of these Western agencies saying that there's been a coup or refer to the coup, even though I've called this a guardian coup, because any time the military says we are taking over to clean up a situation that's called a guardian coup. President Mugabe is resisting efforts to step down. Meantime, the military, I'm assuming, has a time frame by which something has to happen. What are the scenarios you can paint for us? Well, so in terms of the time frame, it's mostly, since we technically still have an executive in office, the timeline that there is one about perception and legitimacy. Ideally, in situations like this, you need a resolution in 48 to 72 hours. So the clock is slowly running out. Then in terms of legal constitutional options, there are always more options, but there are two legal options. So the first legal option is to remove the president by impeachment, if you will. And so this process would require calling for Senate and National Assembly uh, by joint resolution. And this has to be passed by the total membership of the Senate and the National Assembly. So let's say the president refuses to sign anything that they have given him, right? They have to get the Senate and the National Assembly together. And 50% of the total membership has to be available and to vote out the president. Well, and, and before we go to the other option, they need to be able to provide reasons that are suitable. So the first reason is serious misconduct. The second one is failure to obey and uphold the Constitution. The third is willful violation of the Constitution. The fourth one is the inability to perform the functions of the office. So one of the reasons that the military could potentially use is that the president has been captured and therefore is unable to perform the functions of his office. But otherwise, the other reasons won't really hold water. And this is contestable in court, I think. What's the and other option? Then the other option, which might be preferable, is that the president resigns. He just needs to write a notice to the speaker, right? And it has to be a public notice. And once he gives the letter of resignation, anything that should be done should be done within 24 hours. What do you think here is the motive for the military in terms of what the army wants and on whose behalf it's working? Um, I think it's, uh, first and foremost, I think it's very internal to ZANU-PF, right? Uh, when Jason Juro was fired, we did not see the same reaction from the military. So this is very much tied to Emerson Nangagwa getting fired. But the swift execution of what the military did suggests that this is probably something that's been in the pipeline for a long time. Chipo Dendele is a professor of political science at Amherst University in Massachusetts.
Putting Emerson Nangagwa in power would be a constitutional challenge for Zimbabwe's military, says the South Africa Director for Human Rights Watch, Diwa Mavinga. There are constitutional hurdles that need to be cleared. And the first is that um, one of the persons whom, whom the military wants to get back into power, uh, Emerson Mnangagwa, had been fired uh, on November 6 from the government and expelled from ZANU-PF. So what it means is that there needs to be a process uh, to get Mnangagwa back into the government uh, as deputy president, for example, and also into the party uh, so that it becomes constitutional. It is not possible to parachute someone who is not in government uh, into leadership of the country without violating the constitution. So how might Zimbabwe's military move forward? Chatham House analyst Knox Chitio says the longer soldiers appear to be in charge, the more unstable the situation. The key issue is the time scale. The military will want a quick these negotiations to be completed as quickly as possible. They, they want to have the president's or if it's acting president, in place as soon as possible. They want an interim administration announced, I think, as soon as possible. The military do not want this to drag out, because the longer all this drags out, you know, the murkier, the messier it could become. International crisis group analyst Pierre Pigo says former Vice President Nanagua risks losing credibility if he appears too close to the military. It is absolutely critical for the new incumbents to be able to, I suppose, distance themselves as quickly as possible from the illegal actions of the armed forces here, or ostensibly what looks like. I, I, I simply don't know how they're going to put lipstick on that pig. Knox Chitio says long-running rifts in the ruling party between those supporting the former vice president and those backing First Lady Grace Mugabe add to the complexity of the military's position very delicate. There's also negotiations within the party, between the party and the opposition, between the powers that be currently and South Africa. and the re- So there's a lot of multiple negotiations, delicate negotiations. Too much talk too soon could, could do more harm than good, I think is what the military are saying. The crisis in Zimbabwe has brought an upsurge of activity in neighboring South Africa, especially among the country's large diaspora community and those who support the military takeover. From Johannesburg, VOA's Anita Powell has our story. South Africa is revealing itself to be a possible staging ground for what happens next in Zimbabwe. That much has become clear in recent weeks as a revolving roster of big Zimbabwean names have circulated through South Africa. Those include the man poised to be President Robert Mugabe's successor, Mugabe's main political opponent, the powerful head of the War Veterans Association, and several other outspoken Mugabe opponents. President Jacob Zuma also serves as chairman of the Southern African Development Community, which on Sunday will hold an extraordinary summit on Zimbabwe in Botswana's capital. But Zimbabwe opposition politician Dumisa Dabangwa, a former intelligence chief who, he said, happened to be in South Africa this week, as the military sent tanks rolling down the streets of Harare, took over national television, and put President Mugabe under house arrest, says outsiders have failed Zimbabwe and need to stay out. He says regional powers were too permissive in the wake of Zimbabwe's flawed, violence-marred 2008 elections. The role of SADAC after that, after setting up a roadmap for Zimbabwe and failing to supervise and then force the implementation of that roadmap is what has led to all this in Zimbabwe. 
Like many members of Zimbabwe's opposition, he says the military's actions do not constitute a coup, but rather a correction to prevent Mugabe from anointing his unpopular wife as his successor at a ruling party conference in December. SADC and the African Union take a hard line on coups in member countries, suspending membership and imposing sanctions. Mugabe's actions earlier this month provided the spark for this flame as he fired his vice president, Emerson Managagua. That was widely seen as a step toward the installation of Mugabe's wife, Grace, as vice president and next in line behind her 93-year-old husband. Dabengwa, who heads the opposition Zapu party, says Mugabe is now trying to exploit the regional body to remain in power. In recent days, he has been clearly resisting pressure from military officials and negotiators to quietly step down. He wants to drag his feet. He wants to get uh, Sadak to these things as they are. Go to his Anu PF Congress, where his wife becomes elected as a, as a vice president. Tabangwa, who said he has heard his name mentioned as a possible member of a post-Mugabe transitional government, did not say what might happen if Mugabe gets his way. South Africa's government has long tried to distance itself from the appearance of interfering in its neighbors' affairs. Unlike other leaders in the region, no South African president has ever publicly called on Mugabe to step down. Solomon Socks Chikawero of the Global Zimbabwe Forum in Johannesburg says many Zimbabweans would have liked South Africa to be more outspoken before things escalated to this point. It's not that South Africa uh, is afraid of uh, Mugabe per se, but they are, they've got their businesses they protect in, in Zimbabwe. Because once they say they talk bad about him, he will kick them out because he's one person who says, when he says, I'm going to kick you out, he will kick you out. Mugabe, who has ruled Zimbabwe since it gained independence in 1980, has become famous for sharp words like these. And he has made it clear that he sees only one path to leaving the presidency, saying last year, as long as I am alive, I will head the country. Anita Powell, VOA News, Johannesburg. U.S. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson said on Friday that the Trump administration is looking to the future, to what Africa will look like in the year 2100, 2100, when it will be the most populous continent in the world, with an estimated 2.2 billion people. VOA's diplomatic correspondent Cindy Sane has more. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson explained why he called such a major gathering of African leaders together. I've not had the chance during my time as Secretary of State to travel to the continent. In my prior life, I came to your continent a lot and uh, visited many of your countries. But I do look forward to coming uh, early next year. We have a trip that's in the planning now. So, But in the, in the meantime, really did not want to wait that long to get this group together. Before becoming the chief U.S. diplomat, Tillerson was the CEO of ExxonMobil. He says the Trump administration seeks to refocus the U.S. economic relationship with African countries squarely on trade and investment. Tillerson said lasting prosperity can only thrive in environments of good governance and that democracy involves more than just holding fair elections. Democracy requires the inclusive, peaceful participation of a nation's citizens in the political process. That includes freedoms of expression and association, an independent press, a robust and engaged civil society, a government that is transparent and accountable to all of its citizens, and a fair and impartial judiciary. Tillerson's views were echoed by African Union chairperson Musa Faki, who addressed the developing situation in Zimbabwe. 
As you know, the African Union is against any unconstitutional change of government. This is a very fundamental principle of the African Union, and we systematically condemn any regime change by arms, whether it be military or rebellion. Tillerson said the United States also stands with its African partners to defeat the scourge of terrorism which he said has taken so many innocent lives in Africa and across the world. He thanked African countries for their multilateral efforts to fight terrorists and said the U.S. is helping 20 African countries to train, deploy, and sustain more than 27,000 African peacekeepers this year in United Nations and African Union missions. Cindy Sane, VOA News, the State Department. Thank you for joining us this evening on VOA's Zimbabwe Today. I'm Scott Stearns. And I'm Dimiake Mokalielie. We will be back again tomorrow at 19.30 UTC for the latest from, uh, from Zimbabwe in English. VOA's Shauna and Debele broadcast can also be heard at 6 a.m. Zimbabwe time, 2 p.m. Zimbabwe time, and 7 p.m. Follow evening. us around the clock on Facebook at VOA Studio 7, VOA in Debele, and VOA Shona as well as our VOA website, www.studio7news.com.